Welcome, everyone, to a brand new Ian Hates Conversations Music Edition. It's another one of those special episodes as I'm joined tonight by the returning Dawson Schultz of The Ongoing Concept. Part two, baby. Now, to be open with all of you, this was actually recorded back in November. But Dawson got busy, and I got busy, and we had to push the release back a bit, obviously. But I know you're still going to enjoy this, so don't worry about that. After part one with Dawson, which you may remember, we knew we wanted to do way more of these. So this episode covers more behind-the-scenes stories about the new ongoing concept album, Places, as well as a bunch of tangents, like what turns out to be all of our incorrect Star Wars theories. (laughs) So without wasting any more of your time, here's another great track from Places. This is Shake It. Enjoy, and I'll see you after the conversation.
All right, everyone, and welcome back to Ian Hates Conversations Music Edition. This is the first time we've ever welcomed someone back so quickly to the show. I would like to welcome friend of the show, Dawson Schultz. Bam. I know I got your name right that time. Yes, you did. You (laughs) did do a good job on that part. Yes. Very good. Yeah. (laughs) It's with a T, everybody. Exactly. Schultz (laughs) with a T, but it's not spelled that way. Yeah. But we got it. We got <laughs> we it got down. It. Second time's a charm. <laughs> well done to Second me. Second time's a charm. No, good job. <laughs> well, Dawson, you got to tell me, at least first, we've been talking off air a little bit, but let's let the audience know, how are you doing tonight? I'm good. I'm actually sitting here with, I'm sur- I'm sitting here with my third cat. Um, her name is Sophie. She's very cute. Oh. Uh, we got her like a month and a half ago. So now I have three cats okay. at my place. Um. But she is so lovable, and it's just we kind of got her out of the blue. It was a weird situation, but um, she's just so cuddly, and she just doesn't want anyone to leave her astray. So she just sits here next to me, <laughs> like hugging. She's basically hugging me right now, like she's pressing so hard against my leg while I'm sitting here because she wants to be loved. But yeah, that's how my day is working right now. Look, I love it. I remember the last conversation we had, you were talking about that's what you want your life to be, and that right there is your rock style life. It is, yeah. It's three cats and a girlfriend, and um, uh, that's pretty much it. Three cats <laughs> and a girlfriend. <laughs> and let's also put in there amazing music as well. Oh, yeah. Sure enough. <laughs> I, I mean, thank you. I, I do my best on that end, but... I am domesticated these days, ah. and, and it's it's getting pretty um it's getting pretty cold outside. So all of my tomato plants are dead. Right, um, right. So that kind of sucks. Yeah, you were talking about that last time. Do you have any type of like indoor area where you can actually you know grow things, or is it all outdoor stuff? So you are just done for the season. So I do. I actually have a bunch of indoor stuff, but okay. they're not like actual vegetables. Um. I have a bunch of like, um, just like random plants, um, like aloe vera plants, I think. Okay. Um, they're just like succulent, succulents or whatever they're called. Like ones that just take a lot of water, but they don't need a lot of sunlight kind of thing. Um, I have a lot of those in the house and I have a bunch of cactuses and stuff. I'm, I'm, you don't have to water them nearly as much. You don't need, yeah, it's. That's my that's my winter thing. So <laughs> <laughs> very nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, I yeah. will let the audience know one of the reasons why we're doing this second conversation so close together is because we mentioned this on the last one. We wanted to go way more in depth to the new album places because there's so much more to talk about than even we got into that last time. Right, yeah. And there's there's other things to talk about beyond even even our band and just yeah it was it was like off off um off air we were just talking so much and it was like really fun to just hang out and and talk to you like in person about other things and i think that it kind of inspired the the idea of doing this so um and i love talking on the phone and i love i love rambling for hours and hours (laughs) with people so um yeah, bring it on, dog. <laughs> well, you know what? And even just to go off on a tangent real quick, I went ahead in Google and I put in the ongoing concept 
And they said that you're going to be playing in Boston in January. Are you serious? I'm completely serious. It said you were playing on January 6th at Wine Something. That's one day before my birthday. Do you think I would do that? No. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I, but seriously, no, we're not playing that. That's crazy. Oh. <laughs> there must have been something wrong. I don't know what is. Maybe it was an old tour date. It uh, could be, yeah. Are you sure it's not that art gallery that we played No, at? It, it definitely wasn't because you and I talked about that off air last time because that was a show I had to miss because my work sent me to Iowa. Right, yeah. So but... that one I know about. This was something completely different, but it's really funny. <laughs> so. Okay, yeah, it is that is pretty funny, but I am so sorry to inform you that we are not playing that. Uh, um, I wish I could say we were because I would love to meet you in person and, and play. But um, dang, that sucks. I know that we're playing Portland, though. We're playing Portland in December. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then we're also playing in just our hometown. There's like this festival that we do every year called nightmare before christmas ah very cool. um and it's, it's it's pretty fun it's like a bunch of local bands that play and it's like three nights of just there's probably like 50 bands that play over the course of like three nights it's really fun That's we've done awesome. it for i think this is like our eighth year that we've done it at least i heard about that though at least i can live vicariously through people that get to enjoy your live music <laughs> <laughs> i dude i'm so sorry i feel so bad that you've never been able to see us see us live I'd love to meet you. You seem like you've, you're very you're very intelligent. You know a lot more stuff than me. Like just about <laughs> what's going on. That. I don't agree with that. <laughs> no, you you do. You do like just the stuff we were talking about off air like you're very knowledgeable about what's going on in the world and and everything and I'm like I said I'm sitting here with my cats and I don't, I don't even know what's going on, you know? So, <laughs> well look, I very much appreciate that. All right, back on subject here. We're going to talk about places. Obviously, you know how much I love the album. We've talked about it the last time as well. And then you mm -hmm. started doing a nine-part series where you're going to be talking about the album as well. You're doing that on your Facebook account. Are you putting that on other social media as well? I'm doing it on Twitter. Like, I'm like posting it kind of on Twitter. It's hard to post stuff on Twitter because like it has to be like... Basically, I'm just linking it to my YouTube account, right. okay. the ongoing concept account which has the full link the problem is is like facebook screws up so many things like wow. as far as um quality goes right so i have to make the video a certain like size mm -hmm. for it to even accept it so then i gotta use like you know premiere adobe premiere like exporting like i can't do it like in a raw file like i would do for youtube so Anyways, I, it's just been a pain in the ass because I've been like, every single time I I export a video, I have to do it twice. Well, the studio is at my parents' house, mm -hmm. which has always been there, and I don't live there anymore. Right. Um, they just lovingly allow me to use it there, use my studio there. That's very nice of them. <laughs> Best parents ever. Um, and go. what happens is I, I go there and I like export a video. Well... That takes like four hours sometimes, right. so I'm like, oh my gosh, what do I got to do now? So then I, I'll come back home, you know, because I'm like done for the day. Come back, and the video is like done, but then there's like this one little error that happens, so then I got to re-export it. Uh, I feel so bad for people that are in the film industry. Like, it must suck. You can't just instantly export videos, you know, and then like 
it, it, every single time you export it, it's never the same as like how you view it mm-hmm. on your monitor. Right. You know, there's like little things that change. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, I've just been having a sucky time trying to like get all these videos done because I got to do one that's like super high quality and then one that's like the Facebook quality. Right. Right. That is a lot, you know. So, um, but yeah, I'm just doing it. So for these commentaries, um, they're on all socials. Uh, I can't really do them on Instagram because they're not. Ah, uh, sure. They're too long for that, right? They're wait. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think you only do like one minute. But I, I've been doing like teasers of them on Instagram. I'm gonna start doing that too. Like just highlights, maybe of it or something. I don't know. It's a good idea. But all that all that stuff takes a while. Right. And um, only I'm only me. <laughs> exactly. I'm also doing a ton of other projects, so it just takes forever. <laughs> right. It never yeah. ends. Like, it is really funny, and that's where I'll relate it to myself for a second, even on a lower scale. People expect, they're like, hey, when's a certain show coming out? And it's like, well, it's only me. So if I'm talking to someone almost every night, and then also shows need to get edited and then exported, just like you're talking about, they have to go through right. all of that. If it's just me, how is that going to get done if I'm doing a different project? Of course, yeah, man. It's uh, <laughs> yeah. It's not easy. It's just. It's, not. it's like, I mean, I don't know. I, I maybe it's just because I'm getting older, but I like like, I I get, I get worn down by just the fact that like, you can't. I I guess what I'm saying is, people don't understand sometimes that you don't just do something and it's done. Right. And and, that, and that's what it happens. Like, you know, I tell my girlfriend a lot of times and, and I love her to death, but sometimes it's like, babe, I got, I, I, I can't, I can't get this done. Cause it actually like Adobe premiere actually has to like render this whole video for like four hours. Like, how do you explain that that <laughs> is a thing? Right. Because right. You know, like, like it's like, I can't, but the thing is, is that, and then other people will say something like, "Hey, man, can you can you mix and master this other band song?" I'm like, "Well, I can, but the thing is, is that my computer can't allow me to use Pro Tools and Adobe Premiere at the same exact time. Right. You can't, you just, you can't do two, you can't do both. Right. You only do one. So, <laughs> so it's like I can wait for four hours and then do it." But most by the time that ends, I'm it's gonna be eight o'clock, and I'm gonna be tired. I'm not gonna want to do it. And also, I'm not gonna stay here. I'm just I'm gonna go back to my house. Right. You know. So it's like <laughs> I don't know. And then what do you do in the meantime? Just watch The Office the whole time, like while you're waiting, because that's all you can do. Right. So <laughs> <laughs> you know, like oh, no, it's very oh, true. Gosh, I could go on for hours about it. It sucks. Well, it's the it's the part of things where you talk about podcasts, you talk about other bands. There are people that aren't going to put the time in to do that extra step of quality. So how do you explain to people, no, 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 it's not just you and I talking on a mic or you going ahead and mix and mastering a track. You have to go through a lot more than that just to get it out to everybody. Oh, yeah. No, it's, oh, man. I don't want to get into it too much because, like, I could go on and, and I, I just, I sound like such an asshole when I talk <laughs> about it. But, like... There are so recorded a lot of bands. Like I haven't recorded as many bands as like actual 
like producers that are like you know are recording all these huge bands or anything you know i'm not like a big producer or anything i I do my own stuff and i do local bands and stuff right but um there have been a lot of bands that i've recorded and oh man there has been times where you know i record a drummer and it is just the worst like like they're just not good at playing the part ah sure and 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 it it gets to a point like and i'm not trying to like i'm not going to say any names but like it's just like it's to a point where i really get like just irritated because i'm just like i anyways basically they'll play the part and i start cutting up all the the parts so i'll be like okay fine we're gonna do section we're gonna have you just stop here and then just do this section and then do this section and do this section and it gets sloppy and sloppier and sloppier and they get fatigued sure well then i spend the next eight hours editing all of their drums right okay that's great well they come back after you know they've gone home and come back and they're they're like oh my drums sound so good it's like no (laughs) <laughs> they don't sound good. They sound good because I spent eight hours after you left editing them for you. Right. You know? Yep. Like, <laughs> if it wasn't for me doing that, and, and it's so, oh, man. I, it's, uh, oh. All right, Dawson, we had a little bit of technical difficulties, but it seemed like, you know, we were kind of finished talking about other bands with the editing process. So let's skew back to the ongoing concept and the new album, Places. And let's talk a little bit about that, how your editing process was, and then kind of talk about just the album in general. Definitely. Um, So when I like record, uh, with recording albums, I like, I do this really weird thing where I'll, I'll just randomly demo stuff and and record like i don't know my my recording process is so weird so i i I try to like do drums and stuff and then add my guitars and all that stuff and then just sing randoms like basically i just scat which is what steven tyler does like just scat and say random things and i don't really know what i'm saying or what i'm doing and i just get phrasing and involved and then you know, I bring the other guys in, and they kind of add their own flair right. to it. Um, I think when it comes to like mixing or anything, it's it's it gets really complicated because a lot of the stuff that I record in the demo section ends up actually being the final thing. So right. like there are parts, and I I don't know if I talked about this last time I talked to you, but you did a little bit. So like there are songs out there where from older albums where what you hear is what I am saying for the first time, making it up on the spot right? and then going, okay, how do I make, how do I make that actually fit? You wow. Know? Okay. So, um, like a good example would be, um, the song saloon. There's, there's a spot uh, that says, I don't know where I'm going, but I know where I've been. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that was all, that was all done at that exact time making it up at that exact like like basically if you hear it for the first time 
it's me singing it for the first time, not knowing what I was even going to sing at that exact time. So it's just whatever. Right. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> and the same thing goes for the new song, um, You Will Go, with um, the places you have been make you who you are and the places you will go make you who you will become. Mm-hmm. I kind of just sang that off off of the cuff, which is another <laughs> I mean, so I don't know. I'm just really bad at, like, I'm not that type of guy that sits down with a piece of paper and writes like a poem and then tries to create a song out of it. I'm, I'm just kind of the guy that does it off, of, just out of the blue, kind of like, just do it and yeah, then yeah. we'll figure it out Wow. later. So, and then when it comes to mixing, you know, I, I could go on for hours and hours and hours, but, um, I, I have a pretty like secretive process that I use. I don't like telling people my secrets for oh, sure. mixing. Um, and I, I like that. Mm-hmm. I, I get really, really like pissed off about the fact that people will like, release their bass drum samples or their like subwoofer like 808 samples like there's a lot of like joey sturgis and stuff does that right or snare drum samples i i think that that's great kind of but it also like eliminates you from continually having like your own sound so um i've been like really scared of like giving people like my and I, I'm not the best mixer in the world, and I'm not the best guy at mastering in the world at all. But I think I have found something that works for my band, and I use it for other bands. I just don't like telling people about it that right. much. Right, right. Because um, I feel like when you find something that works, stick with it, and don't make everyone able to know what you're doing. Because, <laughs> I mean, isn't that kind of the point? Like, it's your style. Why make everyone else now have your style it's it's not fair that sucks you spend so much time trying to figure it out and then you figure it out and then you're like oh this person now knows how i do it this person now knows how i do it so i always like cringe when i hear producers releasing stuff and they're they're like secrets about how they mix and all this stuff because it's like you're just giving away all the information that you've been trying to learn for the past 10 years right to everyone else in the industry, you know? So that sucks. <laughs> well, here's a question for you off of that. So not to go into detail of that process or anything that you don't want to let go, but just how did you perfect your way of mixing? Was it with the ongoing concept or was it actually with a different band that you were working on their material? Um, it started with like Saloon, mm-hmm. first album. And uh, of course, like when, um, when we started getting bigger i started having more clients come in and and record with me so i like kind of perfected it a little better between saloon and handmade okay which is a a two-year period you know Mm -hmm. and um i don't know like i guess uh it was just making mistakes i made so many mistakes with so many and um i think something that people want is they want an instant um hundred percent they want an instant A plus. Well, right. you don't get an A plus <laughs> instantly. You got to learn from your mistakes, you know. And, and that was something that I started to figure out. And, and I, I, I don't know. I'm just. I'm not the. I'm not like a genius in any way. I just. <laughs> I, I. I make a lot of mistakes, and I learn from them, and then hope, and hope 
that I can get better at the mistakes that I've made. Right. And um, so there were so many things with like, like for example, like I, I was always wondering why like the bass was so muddy, you know, mm-hmm. like why is my bass so muddy? You know, okay, well, um, I should start researching like how to make that better. And then it's like, oh, like, you know, you need to start cutting this frequency or, or side chain or do something like, in this area and mm-hmm. so i do that and that and it, it just do that for every single element and you start to realize that basically mixing is just a puzzle piece right right you're just yeah you're just putting all these frequencies all together to make a perfect perfect thing and and but it's really hard to get to that ex, to that level and there's so many things that you learn every day and that's the thing i love about music is that every day i'm, I'm looking at stuff that is new. Right. I mean, there's there's people coming out with like new plugins and and just new ways to manipulate sound in a way that is is crazy. Like I would never assume, or I would never have thought seven years ago that they'd be able to like come with some of the stuff that they're coming up with now. Right. Um, like for example, like there's that there's this one plugin that people are using where they I don't even know what it is. It's like where they take the vocals out of the actual mix and it's just like silent. Like it's just the solo vocals. I don't even know how you do that. Oh, maybe I'm in, yeah, yeah. I don't even know. Like there's a plugin that actually allows that to happen. Um, I think. Well, yeah, like there's like one with like Freddie Mercury. Like he did a, it was like his vocals that were soloed. Yeah. For, um, there, there's a word for it though that I'm, I, I'm blanking on. Isolated. Yes. Vocals. Thank you. Wow, that's so easy. Thank you very much. Yes, it's so <laughs> a lot of people will isolate certain people's raw vocals and then just put that out. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, and I don't know I, I don't know what they're using um to do that, but I know that there's obviously gotta be some sort of plugin that's allowing that to happen. Because it's when it's when it's done, it's pretty in, incredible to hear yeah. people's like isolated vocals. Um I agree. Well, I mean, there's just so many things that are happening, but with, with like, with actual mixes, it's like, there are so many mixes from, you know, even from the 1970s or 80s that are just amazing. Right. And I, I don't know. I guess when it comes to mixing, I'm like, so, I'm learning so many things, but I'm also like, not, I'm like, dislearning things at the same time, because there's so many things now that you can use to have the computer do it like you don't need to actually have any um talent i guess <laughs> like because the computer will do it for you sure so i don't know like people will talk about how um they got this crazy new plug-in it's gonna make everything sound so good and like it's gonna be so much better um our mixes are gonna sound so much better and i hear the mix and i'm like this mix sounds worse than a mix that I heard seven years ago. Why, why are we going, taking a step back in time here? Right, right. Um, Cause there's so many mixes from uh, 2005 to 2010 were probably in my opinion, some of the best, some of the best uh, records ever made. Oh, sure. um, my favorite record to uh, A and B when I mix records is um, that under oath album, uh, What's what's it called? Lost in the sound separation. Thank you. She beat my me girlfriend to it. had my girlfriend had to tell me that. 
Lost in the Sound of Separation. Um, that was done by David Bendith, and that is literally, in my opinion, the best mix of all time. Very nice. So I, I use it all. This. And then another one is um, Straight from the Path, uh, Make Your Own History. Oh, sure. Holy cow. And, and I think Misha from Periphery did that album. And oh, that's it, cool. Um, it just sounds so good. It's, right. it's, it's just mixed so well. And it blows my mind that people can make records at that time, and yet people are still talking about having like making records now that don't sound nearly as well, mm. and they have all this new equipment that they can use. So it's just weird. It's like if you could if you could make it in two thousand and eight, you can make it now. Just shut up. <laughs> it's got to be that time thing, right? Well, I think just people tried harder. They, instead of using computers, they like actually like. And in, in, invested their time in learning how to make it sound better, and because they didn't have the all the tools to do it, so right. they had to kind of yeah. That makes sense. Anyways, <laughs> so uh, I I go on for hours. Let's let's move on. Right. I'll, I'll just I'll just rant forever. <laughs> well, then I'll set the song, and then you just rant, and I think that'll work out well. So why don't we start off with the first track of places with places? How does that work? Oh yeah. All right. Okay. So you want me to talk about it? No, no. We'll go on to the next track. <laughs> Are you? I'm confused. Yeah, what? no. What? I was, I was being a dick. Yes, let's. <laughs> okay, so yeah, I'll talk about places. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, this song is uh, this song that I and I talked about this in this like little commentary that we did. Yep. Um, yeah, it was funny. It was, uh, you know, going back to this whole uh mixing thing um there's this plugin called uh twin two which is made by uh fab filter mm-hmm. it's a really cool plugin um very low on cpu power you don't need to have a crazy computer to use it um it's just a great company that makes plugins and stuff i i, I plugged it in or um turned it on and the first thing sounded exactly like the stranger things ah uh, yes um sound anyways so i I was just kind of going through all the presets. I ended up making my own um, and and then using it. But it just had that Stranger Things kind of sound. I thought it was it was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's pretty much about uh, it's just setting the the theme. Honestly, mm-hmm. it's but it's kind of coming from um, the old albums right. and 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 kind of reminiscing about things and then it obviously goes into you will go um which uh you know you will go is is basically just talking about growing up and and looking back on past mistakes um i don't know i feel like places and you will go are kind of like a they're like a pair they're not really so um but yeah places was just me just setting the tone and then and uh kind of I don't know. It was fun. It was fun to jam on the guitar for that one, too. Yeah, yeah. All right, everyone, we are back. Once again, a little bit technical difficulties, and I'm sure you all noticed, you know, that little sound effect, something the Simpsons would do. But Dawson, 
Are you actually a fan of The Simpsons at all? No. So the, the thing is, is, I've actually really never watched The Simpsons. I don't even think I've actually seen a single episode all the way through. I've seen a few. Wow. And and the thing is, is that I, when I was a kid, um, my mom was definitely not down with me watching The Simpsons. I don't know why. Same same with like Harry Potter. She didn't like that. She didn't oh, like, wow. you know, like like um, Pokemon was a big <laughs> no no. Uh, it took me forever to get her to uh, allow us to watch Lord of the Rings. Damn. It's just I grew up in a very Christian family, so sure. that was just wasn't a thing. Well, um, <laughs> I'll tell you, my mom, my mom actually really hated The Simpsons as well. I think to this day, she still hates that my family watches The Simpsons. But I think that brings up a good point, though. Are there any other like major shows that are in the zeitgeist that everyone knows that you haven't been able to see? Well, it's not more like being able to see. It's more like I haven't been able to have a chance to watch them because I'm, okay. I'm this guy that really doesn't like watching new shows. So okay. if anyone knows me, they know that my favorite show of all time is The Office. I have watched it at least – probably 20 times all the way through from season one to season nine it's my favorite show but there's a lot of shows that i just haven't given a chance like i was talking to my friend um earlier today um like arrested development i've never seen it i've never given a chance um a lot of people like uh always sunny in philadelphia sure i've seen a couple episodes but i don't i'm not invested in that show at all uh i i wasn't a <sighs> Family Guy. Family Guy is a perfect one. My yeah. mom never let me watch Family Guy, so I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and 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 like American Dad, you know, all those like uh, Seth MacFarlane shows. I just just wasn't really something I got into. And and even now that I'm, you know, 25, I I try to watch them, and they're not really that good. Uh, I gotcha. Um, you know, I I just don't think they're that great. People love Family Family Guy for whatever reason. That's fine. Do what you want to do, but I, I just don't find much humor in it. And and he, I want to say something too. What is with everyone doing these like impersonations of Family Guy characters? Like, okay, <laughs> we get it. You can you can you can do Stewie. Okay, everyone can do Stewie, right? Like, I mean, I can't personally, but like the first thing that you see on Facebook when you see like a, a viral video is someone doing impersonations and it's 20 characters and half of them are family guy characters, <laughs> but it's like, I don't know. It's just, all right. Uh, I do have to question something because I definitely understand the whole, you know, your parents not wanting you to watch family guy or not getting connected to it because you didn't watch it when you were younger. Right. But yeah. Is Idaho way back in the past? Because I haven't seen anyone do a family guy impersonation in like 10 years. <laughs> are you kidding me i am not maybe it's your friends on facebook that keep on sharing that but i swear to you i have not i have not seen any of that oh really oh weird no i see it all the time like it maybe maybe i'm just like connected with wrong people but like it's (laughs) these viral videos that are going online it's just like they'll do impersonations of tons of people but like you know they'll do um like christopher walken or oh sure sure. you know but they'll be like this guy can do impressions like no one else. So amazing. Blah, blah, blah. It's almost like, you know, you're watching like those video memes. Oh, uh, sure. Sure. Yeah. And, and it's like, you won't believe how many impersonations this person can do. Well, it's always gotta be Stewie 
and Brian and that one guy that walks is like Walker in Family Guy. Oh yeah, it's, the it's old always pedophile. like those yeah. three ones. The one that right. the guy with the walker like whistles a little bit. Yeah, like, he's like talking. He's an old pedophile. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that guy. Everyone does those impersonations, and maybe I am behind the times, but <laughs> I still see them like once in a while, and I'm just like, jeez, like go to someone else. I try to do like a. Like try to do like Chris Pratt. Right. You can't because Chris Pratt is his own is his own person. That you can't recreate. Try to do Steve Carell. No, there's no way. No, that's very you true. Know? That's very true. Probably the only person who can do Chris Pratt is Chris Evans. I've never seen him. You don't know Chris Evans? You don't know Captain America? Oh, Chris Evans. Yeah. Oh. They have like a huge rivalry that they always like comment on each other's twitters and like it's the only. It's the only little bit of pop culture that I know anything about. Really? Like they don't they don't like each other? Well, no, no. I think that they are such friends. They like opposite. I can't believe I know about this. But they like opposite football teams. Like Chris Evans is a huge Patriots fan and Chris Pratt is a huge whatever like Seahawks fan. So they'll bet on that and they'll make jokes oh. about like Captain America versus uh, Star Lord or whatever his name is in Guardians oh, of the Galaxy. Oh, obviously, because because Chris Pratt's in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And they're all gonna oh. be in Infinity War together and all that kind of stuff. Oh man, when is that coming out? Actually, I think the first installment of Infinity War comes out. I want to say 2019, maybe <sighs> Christmas 2018, maybe. <sighs> It's a while. Okay. It's a while. Jeez. Also, yeah, I'm like the thing about Marvel right now is I I watch like like a quarter of the Guardians of the Galaxy too. So yeah. I loved Guardians the first Guardians of the Galaxy and it was it was awesome. Mm-hmm. It was absolutely amazing. It was probably my favorite Marvel movie ever. Oh, wow. Okay. Besides Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire. The first Tobey one. Tobey Maguire. No, the first one CGI was horrible. Okay. No. Don't say the third no. one though. No, not the okay. third one. The second one. The second, second Spider-Man is the best movie ever, in my opinion. Like as far as superhero movies, you're so. gonna get a lot of hate mail for that. Really? Oh yeah. No, people have already said that the new Spider-Man, Spider-Man: Homecoming, is the best Spider-Man. Okay, well I haven't seen it, so I'm sorry, but I'm like really indebted to Tobey Maguire. I I was so bummed because I heard these rumors that um, Tobey Maguire might come back. Oh, okay. Like like a long time ago, like mm-hmm. when, you know, they were trying to figure out who would be Spider Man, right. and I thought it'd be so much fun to see Tobey Maguire like an older guy, sure, you know, like being Spider Man. Mm-hmm. That would have been so much fun to see him like an an, an older character and like it's like you know Robert Downey Jr. is kind of getting up there and everyone's kind of you know they're not in the prime, so it's like <laughs> let's 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 have an a, a Spider Man that's kind of like. oh gosh yeah but i i've heard good i've heard good things about the new spider-man so i can't technically give an accurate opinion it's not it's not terrible i think the reason why people don't want to see toby Maguire anymore is because the third one ruined it for so many people yeah okay well fair enough i mean it's yeah i can understand that (laughs) but also star wars is still the biggest thing ever and we had to get through clone wars and <clears throat> phantom menace so um. <laughs> that is true <laughs> <laughs> yeah star wars is never ruined to anybody no matter what they do everyone will be in the theater when the new movie comes out and yeah 
Oh man, I don't even know how off topic we off topic we got. That's what we do. I I'm um I'm a huge Star Wars fan as far as like I don't know everything about Star Wars, but I know a lot of theories about Star Wars, and I think that's my the the thing I love about it is that just the the universe is so like huge, and there's so many things to talk about about it right. that it allows for so many people like. I was actually having this conversation with my girlfriend last night. I was saying she was talking about Harry Potter mm-hmm. and she was saying that, you know, the the universe in Harry Potter is very expanded and and it is. It, it's cool and all, but like the the Star Wars universe is so um it's so much bigger in the fact that like there's this huge expanded universe, but then when Disney took everything, yeah. it became it, they cut everything out and now it's canon. Or everything that was in the expanded universe, it doesn't. Yeah. Right. Right. And so now we got this whole canon universe, but there's still this expanded universe that you can technically kind of still follow. And it was just like there's so much stuff in the Star Wars universe. It's it's just unbelievable, and it's fun to like. It's fun to like look at it in that weird way. So, what kills me about the Star Wars universe in general is that sure there is that expanded universe which you just mentioned. But then every movie is exactly the same. That's my problem mm-hmm. with it. It's just a redo all the time of the exact same story. So if you have this expanded universe, why aren't they pulling from it and getting away from the same themes that they use all the time? You know what I mean? So like, you're probably talking about like the whole plot twist thing, right? So like, so so episode one, cool. Episode two. Uh shoot, what's the plot twist there? I well, think you I think honestly I'm not even talking about the plot twist. What I'm talking about more is like so let's take the last two movies. Let's let's not include Rogue One. Even though they're following a story that they mentioned that was a different story. If you follow the last episode and then the episode that's coming out this December, right? It's only like mm-hmm. a month or so away. Right. That movie the first one that we just talked about, that one's an exact remake of episode four. And then this one looks like it's going to be an exact remake of episode five. Well, that's okay. So you're right. You're right. So, okay. So let me backtrack on that. So you're right. So you're talking about force awakens was like episode four, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So yeah, in episode five or sorry, episode (laughs) eight, eight, eight. Yeah. The one upcoming. Yep. The Last Jedi, whatever it's called, um, it's going to be a reveal. Right. Just like in Episode 5, it was revealed that Darth Vader was Luke's father, right? Right. Yeah. I get what you're saying. It's like, well, then that's why I went to Episode 1, 2, and 3, because it's like there's that same concept in those, those first three episodes. Right. Hey, man. All right. So for people that can hear a little difference in quality, we had to move from the Wi-Fi connection back to the phone. So this is the way that we recorded the very first conversation. We're going to continue our Star Wars conversation, and then we're going to move back into places. Look, Dawson, honestly, if we had the time, you and I should just start a podcast. 
that'd be fun, man. I I love podcasts. Like I, the the older I get, the more domesticated I get. <laughs> not not that you're domesticated. But I I just love I love listening to people talk about their life. Like Joe Rogan. Right. Oh my gosh, I love watching his stuff because it's like so neutral mm-hmm. in every way, and you to hear people's like things and to hear like so many random random things from people that I don't know from both sides right from both sides of the spectrum and I love that well that's one thing we're both not you and I are both not neutral what do you mean well not politics wise but I think you and I both oh. have strong opinions on things <laughs> we do we do have strong opinions which means that's what that's what makes the podcast interesting exactly. but I like the fact that that there are people that come like I just like podcasts that are willing to share um, each other's opinions with neutral standpoint as far as like you learn something and you also learn something and right. you might not agree, whatever. That's you good. still learn something. That's that's how I like that's why I, so. I agree with that for sure. Um, so anyways, yeah, anyone's listening right now, I am sorry. My internet is really, really bad. It cuts out all the time. And um, so my my girlfriend's trying to do homework, and uh, she needs the bandwidth to finish her exam. So I had to go to the phone call instead of the Google, whatever it's called. Hang out. Um, so if anyone's listening, sorry. My voice will be a little muffled at this point. It's coming across good. I think it should be good. Cool. Well, sweet. Um, so anyways, we're talking about... Star Wars. We're talking about Star Wars. Yeah, so the thing I like about Star Wars is especially in the expanded universe, and the thing I don't like about Star Wars is that they took so much stuff out of the expanded universe and made all this stuff canon that basically just has to do with the movies in general and like maybe a couple of video games and whatever. But um, I was going to ask you, before we all got mixed up and disconnected, I was just going to ask you what, what you what your biggest Star Wars theory was. Like, what do you think? Like, just just your biggest Star Wars theory that you believe in. Uh, so this is going to probably freak you out a little bit, and it does normally when I tell people, I don't like Star Wars. Okay, well, fair enough. That's <laughs> it's, it's one of those things where I didn't see the first, so episode four. I didn't see episode four until I was like 14 or 15. I want to say. And then I saw him and I was like, okay, this is an okay story. I've seen it done before. And that's not fair because they were probably one of the first ones to do it, you know, when it came out. But then I was like, okay, well then the new Star Wars episode one through three, those will be my Star Wars. Those will be the ones that I'll latch on to. And then I'll really get into it like everyone else is. And then obviously, since I didn't have the love for it in those first ones, I thought one through three were atrocious. Oh yeah, no. I mean, they're. I mean, I love Phantom Menace, but people did give a lot of sh- shit to um, episode one, two, and three. But damn, I will say the fight scene with Darth Maul and the the whole. There's just a lot of parts of Phantom Menace that I like. I don't like um, Clone Wars that much. Right. I can totally understand where you're coming from. Though. Like, um, I mean, I can say this thing about Harry Potter. I never grew up being able to really watch Harry Potter or like read the books because right. you know I grew up in a very Christian family and mm-hmm. so I can understand like the nostalgia of not 
knowing Star Wars or just not liking it because you, you've seen it been done a million times before by other like movies, you know. So, um, yeah, I have every reason to uh, understand that. Um, something that that's why I don't hold it against anyone. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. I mean, so 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 I guess what you're saying is that you don't really care about the new movie coming out. Well. It's more so my theory, I mean, I think they give away, once again, too much in the trailer. So it's like, okay, well, there's your old Jedi that's going to be teaching a younger Jedi. And that older Jedi realizes that the younger Jedi had way more power than they thought they did. So that's all the same kind of stuff. I think the guy from Girls, you know, whatever his name is, I think he's going to, you know, kill Princess Leia. And then I think that what's uh, the see, that's why I'm terrible at names because I don't follow it as much. But the young Jedi woman who's now like the the next one, she's going to join Ray. Ray. Yeah. She's going to join with the guy from girls and she's going to turn evil. Uh, Yeah. That's a great that's a great point. Um, I've always thought about that. So had one thought and I've had two thoughts, actually. Sorry. So I think that, um, and, and if you've, like you said, you don't like Star Wars, but uh, Snoke is biggest, the biggest part of this whole thing. And that's, that's like you said, the reveal is going to happen in this, this whole thing. Right. Because um, no one knows who Snoke is. No, I don't. And I think that Snoke is, um, they are, uh, <laughs> Wills, that's what it is. Yeah. Have you heard that whole theory about the Wills? And how he is technically just the force or something like that. Like he, he's his like entity is his whole species is like. So basically, what I think is that the force is kind of like Christianity and okay. atheism, and the fact that atheism is the dark side and Christianity is not the dark side. Okay. But like, what's the point? It's just the force. So like, stop having sides. It's just one thing. Right? Ah, okay. Like it's like a it's like a neutral thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I've started gathered from. So you're thinking it's a way of bringing both sides almost together. Then, so there wouldn't be necessarily a good and evil. It would just be one thing together. Exactly. I I just feel like the Jedi have like they've just split off to be the Jedi and the Sith have become the Sith. And why can't you use you know talk about like obviously the powers of the dark side, mm-hmm. you know, you can use like the, the force lightning and all that stuff. So yeah. it's like, I think the problem is that we're all like, so border bordered with like, you can't do this. You can't do that. You can't do this. So it's like, okay, well, what if the force is just the force and you just do whatever you want. You just got to know how to do it. Right. Right. Kind of thing. So, so let me run this by you then. Maybe this will work. So in the third episode, where they talk about bringing balance to the force. And the way of bringing balance to the force in their sense was to basically kill everyone. So there would only be a certain amount of the force there. Here, the balancing of the force would actually be a coming together of both sides. Yeah, I mean, I think so. I I don't know. <laughs> I, this is what I, that's what I get out of it. And then also, I can't help but feel that, that, that Rey is a Kenobi and... She technically, so like, I don't even know why we're talking about this. <laughs> we need to talk about other things. 
<laughs> but um, so like I've had this theory too that Ray is a Kenobi, so it's like Obi Wan Kenobi's like daughter. Okay. And that's been a theory for a very long time, and it would be so crazy if actually she was the balance to the Force that changed so many things. And it's not a it's not the Skywalkers that changed like history. It was the Kenobis. Oh, okay. All right. Anyone in the Kenobi family has been so true to who they are. Like Obi Wan Kenobi was the most true person, right? In in all of it, I mean, it's crazy. I love that. See, that's possible, and that's why, like, I gotta apologize to Star Wars fans for completely butchering everything that I've been saying. Obviously, but it's just never completely no, I... connected. But I don't even mind talking about it because it's so interesting to me to hear people's opinions of what they think is gonna happen. The whole just doing the same thing over and over again was what really got to me. Yeah, no, I totally understand that. It's 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 when I see it, I go. I mean, I've talked to um, Ian, our bass player, a mm-hmm. ton of times about this because he, like, his favorite movies are Star Wars, and so he's a Star Wars fanatic. Right. And he, I mean, we've talked about the fact that it's it's like one, two, three, you know, same plot three times and then four, five, six, same thing. And then seven, eight, nine, same thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's just repeating every single, and, I mean, I haven't know. And it, but that's what people like, that's what makes box office right. numbers, you know, like people love that. No, it's very true. They want to, they want to see that. But anyways, but yeah, I, I like Star Wars. Um, but I will say this and then we can move on. Yeah. I do. I do not like Christopher Nolan Batman. I'll tell you that. We look. We actually we agree on a lot of things. I think that's why it's an easy back and forth between us. I actually completely agree with you, and a lot of people hate me for that. I've gotten death threats over that kind of stuff. What? Yeah. Are you serious? I am completely serious. How? Okay. Batman. Be- Batman Begins is amazing. I think Batman. Batman Begins is awesome. Like not amazing, but I love Batman Begins as well. It's great. Yeah. Um. I do not really like um, The Dark Knight. See? And I do not like The Dark Knight Rises. And the reason why... Oh, I'm going to get so much shit for That's this. That's what I'm, t- I'm telling you, yeah. I don't like Dark Knight Rises. Or, sorry, The Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. Um, because I I love The Joker. Right. I think, he, I think Heath Ledger did an amazing job. I love it. Right. It is absolutely amazing in that sense. But I can't... I, mean, I haven't even seen the, the end of the movie. I fall asleep before I can get to the end of the movie. And it, I feel so bad. I feel so bad because I, it's like I, I, I watched it in the theaters. I fell asleep. Mm-hmm. I watched it in the theaters again. I fell asleep. I've watched it at home. I fell asleep. I don't even know what happens at the end. I've never seen the credits to that movie. That's hilarious. It's just, it, it gets so boring. Right. So fast. Like you, all you want to do is see the Joker and he's just yes. not in it. Right. Nearly as much. Um, also, and this is where I get the shit for is that I, I do think that Keith Ledger got a lot of praise because he died. Oh, for sure. And and, and I think Keith Ledger was an amazing actor. Um, I think that there are better actors out there. I I don't know. Like just it was just he's he's amazing. Yeah. Um, but I, I I felt like the movie almost like got hyped over his death, which really sucked. Honestly, I feel like I feel like he. He needed more. He did it all. Oh, I don't know. It's like there's no way to like say without seeing me because I love Heath Ledger so much. Um, I don't know. It was just a hard movie to watch. 
No, I can understand that. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I'll I'll tell you this. I mean, just to to kind of back you up on that a little bit. So I did a podcast on it for Ian Hates Movies. It's like three something hours long. We talked about all of the Batman Nolan movies. And that's what people hate the most is everyone says that the Dark Knight is the best superhero movie of all time. The reason why they say that, and I mean I'm putting this, you know, I'm putting the words in people's mouths, but mostly it is because of the Joker. And I completely agree with you. Heath Ledger was amazing as a Joker. That's my favorite kind of Joker. I like the really sadistic, just crazy, out there Joker. The problem is people forget that that movie is almost three hours long. And the Joker is only in it for like seven to ten minutes. Yes, you're right. I mean, same goes with Suicide Squad. Yes. Jared Leto was in it for like six minutes. Right. Or not even that. Four. And his storyline could have been completely cut out of the movie, and you wouldn't have even noticed. No, you wouldn't. Oh, man. Uh, I don't know. What do you think about that? What do you think about Jared Leto? Like, do you think that he... Because I've heard some stories about him getting... He's going to get the boot um, and... Uh, what's his name? Oh, my gosh. How did I forget his name? The guy that's in Titanic. Oh, jeez. Oh, Leonardo DiCaprio? Apparently, he's going to be the Joker. What? <laughs> Am I an idiot? Is that true? I thought he only worked with Scorsese. I don't know. Now I need to like look up a little more stuff. If Scorsese is doing a Suicide Squad movie, I'd be all in. <laughs> no, it was more just like the, the actual like Batman movie. Oh, I okay. think. Gotcha. So, it would be, yeah, but maybe he is doing, he is directing it. Who knows? Um, that was just something I heard, but. I hear there's like a huge um, like copyright or like just a, a huge like problem with Universal Studios or like something where Jared Leto and something else is like not coinciding. So like they're like, OK, well, now we're going to switch him out with someone else. Well, I know he was very vocal about how upset he was. And I'll tell you this. I'm a huge Jared Leto fan. Because I love Jared. Yeah. I love I, I used to hate Jared Leto. I hate I didn't hate him. I just. I always thought they had a god complex. Oh, sure. And and I, I, I not like, maybe I sound like I have a god complex, but <laughs> no, like, I, I, I just, I always just thought he was just so, I was jealous. How about that? I was oh, okay. jealous right. of, of how good he was. He was an actor and he was a musician. He was able to do both at right. the same time. I'm not an actor. I'm not that great. <laughs> What I do when it comes to acting, I, I try to do my best with, with yeah. the, you know, with what I am as an artist, but or musician and stuff. But um, he's just so talented, and I think I just got jealous. Um, no, I, I, I think Jared Leto is awesome. Yeah. Um, and I think that he has so much potential to be a great Joker. Uh, it's a different style. Right. But um, I'll tell you this. And, and after I say this this thing, we're going to move on to something else <laughs> besides superhero stuff. Sure. I'm going to say this. Why not get fucking Mark Hamill to be the Joker? Just do it. Finally do it. Instead of just doing the voice all the time? Yeah, just yeah. get Mark Hamill. Mark <laughs> Hamill is the Joker. Done. 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 No more talking about <laughs> that stuff. Let's move on to other things about our band. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you're. That's why we're doing this podcast. <laughs> Is that why? Okay. All right. Let's see. All I right. think so. Right. That's why you called me. Right. That's right. All right. You tell me then. In places, 
how all of the themes from Star Wars just fit right in. Oh, um, <laughs> no, I can't tell you that. That's I don't a know. Secret. They... <laughs> That's a secret. No, I understand. I understand. <laughs> all right. Well, here, like I said, this is your show. You can go off on any tangent you want, and I'll talk about it. So that's that's completely fine. But I also want to hear about places. I also really want to hear about places because I am such a fan. Okay. So how about we go back, and I wanted to ask you this question before. For the intro track for places, even though it is pretty much interconnected with You Will Go, when you sit down and you decide on doing an intro, what's your kind of theory or philosophy on doing intro songs because there's so many different ways to do it. How do you decide on how you want to do it? Um, so I don't know. Like I, I want it to all connect. Mm-hmm. So, so um, there's a band that I really I grew up with that I loved dearly. They're called Dream Theater. Yeah. I don't really listen to them anymore, but they were a huge, huge fan. I was a huge fan of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and they did this thing where they, they did like they did like three or four albums where like the beginning and the end connected with the other albums. And it was like really, really so intriguing to listen to because you'd like listen to an entire album and like the last note of the album would ring out or something. Mm-hmm. And then it would start the next album with the same note ah, ringing sure. in. Mm-hmm. And I was like so stoked on that. So, with intros and outros, like I kind of just wanted them to connect kind of, um, I really got into that with handmade, I think, cause I think, Oh no, I, I got it with saloon cause saloon ends with, uh, the singing part at the end of the last song. Mm-hmm. And then it starts handmade with someone listening to it in their car radio. There you go. Um, yeah. So I was really into that this whole idea of like continuing on with a story and um that's just kind of how i've always wanted to do intros to albums so with places um i thought that it would be really really weird and, and fun to do something where it was like the opposite of what the intro was to handmade so i just took the intro track of handmade <laughs> and flipped it right and put it in reverse, and um, that was kind of my approach to it. So, uh, hey, cats. I have two cats right now. They're about to fight. Hey, get <laughs> out. You suck, Patrick. Gosh, let her be. <laughs> Did you give all of your cats human names? So um, my cat, it's my girlfriend's cat. His name is Patrick Swayze. Ah. And then um, we have Margot. Okay. She's a... Uh, uh, she's kind of young. She's like a year and a half, almost two years old. Mm-hmm. Um, she's really cute. She's like really fragile. I think she got like ran over by a car oh, before shit. we before we picked her up or something because she has like a huge hernia. Oh. Um. So all of her like organs are um. Yeah, this is like morbid to talk about, but yeah, she has like <laughs> a huge hernia. Wow. So her lungs, her heart, her liver everything is like kind of stuck in one spot. They're not like in a spot. They're not like equally positioned right yeah. in her body. So, um, she has to be, you have to be really careful with her. Like don't right. pick her up. And she has to kind of like calm down. Ah, uh, okay. But 
Patrick loves to chase her, and then when that happens, Margot's like starts ugh, like dry heaving or something. I don't oh. know because her like heart is next to her lung. It's like right. too morbid. I don't want to talk about. It. Then we have another. We have another cat named Sophie. Right. She's right. really really cute. She's so nice. But um, but yeah, going back to the album, um, I just I really like to connect albums together, and that was just kind of the state I was in, and I felt probably transition somehow into the fourth album so very nice okay um yeah that's great so let me ask you this then with your vocals did you do something different for each track or was there a way that you do vocals that works for you all the time um are you talking about like between the two albums or no i'm talking about just in places oh like changing like styles or whatever not only styles but just like how you decide to actually do them, like how you work your voice, how you train yourself to do, you know, mm, your certain, okay. you know, that kind of thing. Is there something you did different per each track or did you kind of have that same vocal styling that you wanted? You knew which track you wanted to do it on and you went that way. Um, so like, yeah, I mean, to an extent, maybe um, I kind of just have a style that I always use. It's like, it's, it's so, and I, this is why I wanted to do this podcast was because I couldn't explain this in the time that we had the other time that we talked. Right. Um, I, I kind of just sing, but I push really, really hard, mm-hmm. and it creates distortion. And if I push hard enough, it creates a scream. I think. Okay. Kind of. When I do like actual lower screams or something, it's it's uh I don't know, it's like adrenaline. I, I gotta get really hyped up. But the thing was is that when Kyle left the band I had to learn how to scream like that and, and learn how to scream lower. Right. And luckily Andy, uh, our guitar player, he, he was he's like the biggest inspiration for me for screaming. He's an amazing screamer. He's He's in another band called Straight to Our Enemies that is awesome. They're they're great. Um, they're like a local band that I've recorded over the past few years, and he's just a great he's a great person. He's just a great vocalist, and mm-hmm. he has such a humbleness to how he does what he does. And so when I was recording him, I'd see how he was doing it, and he, basically what he's doing is like he's singing, but he's adding this like distortion to his voice, so he's pushing pitch as hard as you can mm-hmm. to create distortion and and that's what I've been you know for the past few years that's what I've been doing um I don't know it's when it comes to vocals it's like it's like really hard because when I was doing saloon I was just singing mm-hmm. and then when I was doing handmade I was singing but also kind of screaming right um and then for this I had to do a ton of screaming and a lot of singing and it, I don't know, um, does that kind of answer the question? I, it does. No, it definitely does. It is interesting to hear how that happens. So now, since you had to push your voice like that to do something it's not normally meant to do or you haven't done it as much in the past, what is it like for you now? Is it like an exercise where now you can do it over and over again, you know, every night? Or is it something that completely drains you when you do it live or when you do it in the studio? So 
I don't, this is like a tough question to answer because no matter how I say it, it's going to sound like egotistical or <laughs> pretentious or I, I never have problems with my vocals. I mean, hardly ever. That's great. There's a few times, um, like when I'm sick, maybe, maybe mm-hmm. like to get a cold, but I figured out a routine where I can basically, um, I'm, I'm just, I'm, what I'm doing is fine. I don't feel like I'm, I, I don't know. Um, I don't feel like I'm bringing less to the performance, I guess. Right. The only thing I'm bringing less to the performance to our show would be me not being physically able to headbang and go crazy because just athletically I would like get worn out. Sure. So that's when, that's when my vocals start to suffer. That's the problem. Okay. Um, but I don't know. Okay. So I was going to talk about this too. Um, there, there's a way to scream and do vocals that a lot of people I feel don't get. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many people that like, for example, our guitar player, his favorite stance to do like low screams is actually like, taking the mic and like screaming towards the sky, he'll, he'll do a super low scream in his, in his own band okay. when he front man or whatever. For me, I saw uh, Josh Scoggin from 68 or the chariot or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I toured with him for that whole Norma Jean tour. And he actually like kind of gets into this like weird, like diagonal stance where the microphone is like mm-hmm. four feet high he kind of bends down and screams. And I noticed that like years ago and I was like, Oh man, I wonder what that does. And so I started doing that. And we're talking about like four years ago when I was like recording saloon. Right. And for some reason it like opens up my airwave or something. I don't know. Maybe this is why he does it. You know, like it just allows me to have like, I'm not hurting my voice as much. Um, I don't know. It's weird. I, I could go on and on and about, uh, I don't know. Vocals are like such a hard thing because everyone has their own, their own thing. Right. Um, but I've just noticed that when I'm in a crouching mode, like if I, if I kneel down on stage or something, mm-hmm. um, my vocals usually become a lot better, especially oh. my low screams. Okay. I can't do low screams up high. It's like really hard for me to do. Them. Um, I don't know. It's weird. And then uh, on top of that, like when I recorded uh, places, I recorded the entire album just sitting down on my chair. Wow. Because like I was doing all of it and there'd be just hours and hours of time where, you know, my band wasn't there and I had to record and do whatever. So I just put the, um, I use like an SM7B, which is like a spirit of that. Sure. SM7B. Yeah. Just like a standard. Yeah. Um, I would just use that, hold it, and I would push record, and I would just scream sitting down next to my computer, and that was it. I, wow. I, I, it was just the entire album was done that way. Um, and I felt like I could sing better that way than I could standing up. Mm-hmm. so weird. And it, it, it's like, it sucks because I get really tired on stage right. standing, and then when I kneel down or sit down, I'm like, Oh, here we go. This is good. And maybe that's just a bad, a bad uh, formation or something. I don't huh. know. 
I've always been curious. Like, there's this one lady named, like, Melissa Cross yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. She's a really famous. Very famous, yeah. Vocal co- Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I've wanted to see what she thinks about my vocals for so long. I just, I don't have enough money to, like, pay her. Yeah, I heard it's a significant amount of money. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. I, was, I, was, I talked to Spencer from under a Spencer Chamberlain. Yeah. Pretty good friends with him. Not really good friends with him, but I talked to him once in a while. Mm-hmm. And um, he he told me I should go to her, but I'm, I don't have enough money to do that. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, it would be cool to see just, like, what's going on with my vocal cords. Um, I don't know. Vocals are weird. There's this one guy named Andrew from Idola. Oh, yeah. And um, his vocals are unreal in the fact that, like, he he's like a low bass. Like technically, when he was in choir, he was like a like a fourth bass or something. Like it was like a really low octave. Right. And if you listen to him um, in Idola records, like he's singing like super high. Yeah, he is. Like like Tillian from Dance Gavin yeah. Dance High. Yeah, like, for it's sure. Crazy. Right. And uh, I did I did a bunch of vocal warmups with him, and he was going so low, and I'm like, I can't even. You're like an octave below me, just doing these warm-ups. I don't even know how you do that, but he would sing. He can sing higher than me, and it was so weird. Like, so people's vocal cords are like so differently built, I guess. And like, he he can sing really high. He can sing really low. I can scream really high, but with a lot of distortion. Mm-hmm. He can do falsetto way higher than me. It's like everyone has these weird timbres to their voice and it's like the weirdest thing. Um, some people can do that like whisper screaming thing. Yep. That's cool. There's <laughs> just so many things. I, I basically, I just push as hard as I can no matter what I do okay. and hope it works. So, yeah, well, I would say that it does. That's the first thing. The second thing I wanted to ask as a tangent to that a little bit is you mentioned kind of doing a scat kind of work when you're going through lyrics and everything, do you do that for your screaming as well? Like when I record or when I play live? I would say when you record. So yeah, when I scream, I'm just like, I just say whatever. I don't know. Yeah, I do scat most of the time. Like I, I don't have, I don't ever write lyrics down. Sometimes, you know, like Ian or, or Andy or Cody will, will tell me like, Hey, you should like talk about this in kind of like a poetic way. Mm-hmm. But if you listen to our stuff, you'll notice that I do a lot of oohs and ahs. And I'm like, you know, it's like there's so much space and just randomness involved in between sure. stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just not very like to the grid, I guess, of, of how I do vocals. But scatting is like a really good way to, um, to at least get the phrasing involved. Because I feel like, phrasing and melody is more important than the actual lyrics so people will like like i've said before like people will like do lyrics and they'll they'll like write them down and then they'll try to figure out how to make them together mm-hmm. but for me it's like i write down me saying yeah 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 you know saying the word yeah like a hundred times and then have to figure out how to like put all those yeah's into a lyrical format but the melody's there at that point you know so it's it's totally a different i guess it's 
it's hard sometimes trying to get <laughs> lyrics into those scatting situations. But yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I definitely don't go into a, a session um, knowing what I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> make it up on the spot and it and it works sometimes but it does bite me in the ass at sure. other points so. <laughs> so so you basically go into the studio with music done first then you come in and you do your melodies and then you do your lyrics yeah and sometimes the music's not even done it's like oh, okay. I'll, I'll do like uh like 50 seconds of like something that I wrote mm-hmm. and I'm recording, you know, I recorded it, did some like fake drums on it and then I'll go in and do the vocals on it. And since my studio is like good enough that I can keep everything, the vocals will most likely stay. Right. And so I'll just go in and just say something and then it's like, okay, great. Now I got to create the last three quarters of the, of the song. Right. right. Um, so, no, I don't. I don't go into the the session usually with the entire song done. I usually am recording everything as I can, like all at the same time. Right. So one section will just be like vocals, guitar, bass, like fake drums and whatever, and then I'll just be like, okay, this is like a good enough song to keep going. Now I'm going to add a chorus, and then I'll add another verse, and then I'll add a bridge, and then I'll add a chorus, and then whatever. And then I'll go back in and, like, actually record guitars better, you know. So this is kind of, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a weird process. And I, I feel like there's a lot of bands that do it that way. Right. Um, I I just, not that type of guy. I've, I've never really gone to a producer before. Mm-hmm. So there are bands out there that... Uh, you know, they, they, uh, they'll, like, demo out all of their stuff and then send it to a producer, and then they'll, like, travel to this guy that they're going to produce it with and spend, like, a month there with that person. Right. You know, and they redo everything. But, like, the the love and the emotion that you had at that time, like, even with guitars, drums, bass, whatever, especially vocals, those get lost because you redo them. Right, right. There's so many times where I've tried to replicate an emotion that I had in one of our in one of our songs, trying to redo it because I like I don't know got a better microphone or something. Mm-hmm. Like I'm gonna make this sound better because this microphone's better. Right, right. And I just couldn't replicate that emotion that I had at that exact time. So I don't know. It's it's weird because I I really want to portray the enough uh, enough emotion mm-hmm. um i don't know i don't know if that makes sense no i think it weird. does oh it's almost like i oh god no i was gonna say it was like i think the only other band the only other band that i've talked to that said that i think was emory actually oh sure like on one of their podcasts they talk about how they they like when they record they don't care about pitch they don't care about it like um imperfections in the the voice mm-hmm. they care about the emotion that was portrayed in the track right so they care more about that and like i, I thought that was a really cool thing because that's kind of how i feel i i feel like i could do maybe a better track but it just wouldn't have like the love and care that it had when i was doing it that one time where i felt that certain way at that certain point in time you know right. so 
it's really weird. No, that's a good way to look at it, though. I, I hope. I mean, I hope so. I, I at least I try to hope so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but well, it's like um, a little bit like a downgrade to that almost is when I was learning to edit things. People would always say, "Oh yeah, you gotta take this out. You gotta take that out. Whatever." But one of the warnings that I always got about editing is take a break from it every once in a while because if you get too overtired while you're editing, you'll start editing and re-editing what you did before because you're always going to hear something else later. You're never going to get it to where you thought it should be in the first place. That's a good way to put it. I mean, I've heard many heard many like things about how um, uh, mixing people, like people that mix albums, they'll they'll only mix like they'll do it all in like one day or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like all this stuff. And it took me like two months to edit all of these albums. Like right. Saloon took two months, Handmade took two months, Places took like two months. You know, and it was just it's a lot of time. Yeah. Um but I totally understand that like some people are like, do it all at once and that's the best mix you'll get or that's like the best perspective you'll get. But I don't know. It's I guess everyone just has a different way of doing it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Mixing is so weird. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I suck at mixing. <laughs> I try my best. I try my best. I don't know. That great. I would say that this album sounds good to me. Does that count? Uh, yeah. No, it <laughs> counts. Yeah. Thank you. Of course. So I, I mean, I've heard it. It's good. It's just so hard. Like everyone's just got a downstairs basement studio these days yes. it's just it's really tough to be above the you know you can't really I don't, I don't know and i don't have a ton of money like i'm not rich or anything so i can't just like afford like the nicest studio i kind of just have what i've had since 2008 oh and if anyone wants to know i'm still stuck in snow leopard if anyone wants to know <laughs> i'm in snow leopard mac snow leopard yeah <laughs> I haven't upgraded. (laughs) (laughs) Well, look, everyone, that's the secret, is you have to go back to Snow Leopard and stay there, and then you'll make good albums. That's the way it works. It's like going back to Windows XP. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. That's basically where I'm at. Yeah, and I love it. It's a a great program. I I always, like, I'll use, like, someone else's computer, Mm -hmm. and it's like they dumbed down everything so much oh, sure. that for the person you know like what's the newest mac like os i don't even know i don't like know yosemite or something <laughs> but like sierra it's or something so, i don't know <laughs> it's so simple that you feel like an idiot because it's so simple that it makes you an idiot you can't figure out how to use it <laughs> i'm like sitting here trying to like figure out how to just turn up the sound and you're like what's going on Oh, man. Anyways. That's true. All right, Dawson. So I wanted to ask one more album question before we move on to some more randomness. And this might be a random question. I'm not even sure if you can answer it, really. But I do notice that, and I think you talked about it in one of the first commentaries that you did. When do you decide to fade out a track? And when do you decide or how do you decide how to end a track in general, I guess. I guess that's the roundabout question is sometimes you fade out, sometimes you have a stop. How do you decide on how you want to do that? Oh, man. <laughs> so fading out, 
So I'll say this right now. Fading out is basically the worst thing you can do. Okay. Like, it, 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 it's in, it's embarrassing. It's like an embarrassment. <laughs> it's, it's, it sucks. It's you don't want to do it, but you, you kind of just gotta do gotcha. it. Um, so it comes down to more of the fact that song just doesn't have anywhere to go. Uh, and it, it just feels better if you just <laughs> silently took it out of place, I guess. <laughs> I, I mean, that's, that's a hard one. Yeah. That's a, that's a really hard one. I've been waiting to ask you that. Yeah. Cause we've, we've done it a couple of times and I, it was really just the fact that we didn't know where to go with the song. Um, I think the hardest part about fading out is that when you do it live, you got to figure out how to not fade it out. Right. Yep. So, um, that makes it even worse. <laughs> and I think the the thing is, is that there's so much after you finish your album that you go, dang, we could have done this instead. Like uh, this would have been so much better, you know, cause when you're trying to figure out how to, to do it live, you have to actually add those parts in and then you go, Oh man, this would have been awesome if, if we would have done it this way. Right. So, um, I think it's more just like pressure to get the song done um, than it, it is actually like being creative. Cause I know for a fact that we could have done certain fade outs in our, in our music that, that would not have faded out that actually did fade out in the, the album. So, Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's, it's just, I think it's just time. Gotcha. And, yeah. Okay. It, it's a hard one. That's really interesting. That is really interesting, so I'm glad I got to ask that. Well, yeah. I know a lot of things went a little awry with this conversation between technical difficulties and everything. I think we're going to scratch what we decided to do before because I think talking about all of these kind of topics in general for the album really worked the way we wanted it to. And I think what we'll do is we'll kind of pull a Star Wars and we'll do an episode three where we really go in-depth for meaning and everything else for each track of places. but I think that'd be sweet. Yeah, I think that'd that works. Sweet. Right. So we'll definitely do that. We're not wrapping up right now because we're going to go off on another tangent. By the time this comes out, this will be this news will be a little old. Mm -hmm. But I did want to ask you about Warp Tour. Warp Tour 2018 will be the final official like full country run of Warp Tour. So I want to get your opinion right. on that. So, okay, okay. Um, I think I don't have a like. I don't really have enough authority to say much because I have never actually been a part of Warp Tour. I have followed Warp Tour. Mm -hmm. Now, the thing I want to say about Warp Tour is that it is an amazing. It's been an amazing run. Right. Um, there's so many bands that. Uh, would not be who they are without it. Uh, the thing is, is that um, also I want to say I've met Kevin Lyman several times. Um, just we followed it and like, I talked to him and he's a very nice guy and, and his wife is amazing. They're just, it's like a, it's a very wholeheartedly put together tour. Right. Um, the thing is, is that I've always wondered and I've been saying this for a couple of years is what is touring life without Warped Tour? Right. Because every single year, 
um, there's always this whole thing. It's, ah, uh, are we going to get Warped Tour this year? Mm-hmm. Oh, man, what's going to happen next year when Warped Tour, what are we going to do during Warped Tour season? You know, because it's like, like the whole summer season is just Warped Tour. That's right. it. Yeah. And if, if you're doing Warped Tour, you're either before it or you're following it. And your shows are most likely going to be really bad because there's someone, you know, everyone is like either saving up for Warped Tour or they're saving up, but they're not going to buy any merch, but they'll still come to your show, but they just won't buy any merch. Ah, you know, okay. so it's like, cause, cause it'll be like, yeah, like I, I, I want to buy your shirt, but like, I'm also saving up for work tour or they just won't even come to the, the show in general. Right. Um, and that's kind of something that's been a weird thing for a lot of people in the industry. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm just really interested to see what will happen when work tour is just not a factor. Right. in the industry game it's gonna be really it's gonna be really weird it's gonna be like a free-for-all honestly so um i don't know i wanted to be on warp tour so bad i wish i could say i was on it but i never was our band was never was on it and uh i think it was a great run and um i i wish it would last longer because right. maybe we'd get big enough to be able to play it but <laughs> <laughs> i don't know no i yeah. I think you brought up, I mean, first of all, obviously, I would have liked to see you on Warp Tour, for sure. And then also, I think you bring up a really, really good point of how is the whole scene in general going to react to a vacuum that is going to be created, you know, next year? Exactly. Yeah, no, it's going to be crazy. Like, well, for example, I mean, 2018 is going to be, like, I'm pretty sure that I would only assume that the biggest bands that Warp Tour has been become Warp Tour, like, you know, the bands that started Warp Tour and, mm-hmm. and all these huge bands are gonna be the ones playing Warp Tour right for this last um thing. Uh for this you know Yeah, this farewell tour or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But if we're talking about two thousand nineteen, because that would technically be the first year that Warp Tour doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be weird, man. Yeah, like, it's gonna be a free for all. It's gonna be so weird, and yeah. and I, I am, I'm kind of stoked for it because I, I really hate touring in the summer. Like it's like my least favorite thing because I feel like every single time we tour, it's like we're competing with Warped Tour. Right. Um, but I'm also kind of bummed out, you know, in the fact that Warped Tour was a huge part is like how made it made so many bands famous. So I don't know. It's it's so weird. Yeah. Um, I have never technically. I don't even think when the Warped Tour start, like nineteen ninety seven or something. Yeah, I want to even say, was it more than that? Because this can't be the. This isn't the twentieth anniversary, is it? No, I think I don't know. So it would have That's to be so weird. I thought it started before that, but maybe I'm off on my dates too. I don't know. Well, and with with that in regard, it. It's so it's been a, it's been here for so long and it has grown so big. There is no other. I mean, have you ever heard of a festival doing the same thing that Warped Tour does? I haven't. No, absolutely not. So because even Ozfest is the only thing I could think that would be close to it, but that didn't last near as long. What was that one thing that that um, that Kevin Lyman did? Um, is that what it was? Oz? No, it wasn't Ozfest. It was like another one. Uh. T- it was like a heavier metal version. See, I only know Ozfest is that heavier metal version of that. 
Oh, maybe that's what it was. It okay. could be, yeah. Hmm. All right. I'm, I'm just not really in tune with a lot of that stuff. Um, oh, anyways, so, well, by the way, I did look up just because I had a second. Warp Tour started in 1995. So you're geez, pretty close. So I was, yeah, you were close. I was three years old at that time. Damn. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say you probably weren't at the first one. Yeah, no, I, I don't. <laughs> that's funny. No, I definitely was not. No, uh, man, yeah, Warp Tour's been around for so long. So it's like, it's sad to see it go, but I'm also really curious to see what's going to happen next. Right. And I would not be surprised if someone kind of takes over it or takes over that, that whole idea. Right. Because, I don't know. Yeah, like a... We'll see what happens. After Warp Tour tour or something like that. Something maybe, that, or just, yeah. maybe, maybe just, because I feel like Kevin Lyman's just kind of burnt out. And just Probably. wants to retire. Right. I want to retire at his age. Jeez. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, it's just, Man. it's very strange because this announcement came, you know, a few days after, and this is nowhere near as big, but So What, you know, that used to be South by So What. And then So What became more of the, you know, like our style of music, the scene style of music. They Mm -hmm. made it 10 years, and they just announced the other day that they're not going to be around in 2018. And they're going to decide if they want to come back. So I wonder if it's a festival thing. I don't know. That's really interesting because I will say this. So What, because we played it this past year. Yeah. And it it did horrible. It did absolutely horrible. We played it like 100 people. I mean, by the time that Dance Gavin Dance got on stage, it was like big, but that was like way later into the night. It was just the the year before was Under Oath, yep, and Salison, you know. So, by the um, way, not to not to cut you off, but I have to say this before I forget: I completely forgot to tell you the first time that we talked that I was mad that I missed you at So What last year or this year. Yeah, because so like there's like a couple of reasons why. Well, one reason why the, the the biggest reason was the fact that well the biggest reason going to your statement is that I just don't think that festivals are doing very good right now. Right. Um, number two was that they released all of the the times um, of every band that was playing two weeks prior. Right. Now last year they didn't do that or. Yeah, last year. No, last so when year we played so what with with Under Oath, like we played like six thousand people. Right. And then this year we played to like one hundred and fifty people, maybe at the most. It was like because everyone knew that we were playing then, and they knew that Dance Gavin Dance was at like eight o'clock, but no one knew like when all these other bands were going to play last year because they didn't tell them when the the times were. Oh, so interesting. See, I thought yeah they messed up the schedule. When I was there this year, so I was doing interviews. So it was hard for me because I was going back and forth between like the backstage area doing interviews and then coming out to see bands that I could, depending on what my schedule was like. But I remember they mm. messed up the schedule a couple times as well, where they had said there would be Oh, I didn't know bands. that. Oh, yeah, yeah, because I missed a few bands just based on that. So that's why I thought initially that I missed you. Oh, weird. Yeah, no, it, yeah, it, was, just, it was just such a shit show honestly i i love so what and i i can't remember his name the promoter of the show i or of the event um he's a great guy he is yeah um, and i'm drawing a blank as well right now which i probably shouldn't no he's cool uh damn um 
no, it, it's just really, it's just a weird time. Like things are just getting weird, and, and, and I don't know, man. I can't, I can't really go much farther. I, I feel like there's, I'll just be looping around what I would be saying. No, no, I completely understand. I wonder. The only thing that I had that kind of connected the two was that I was hoping that this wasn't happening because you know the music wasn't as popular as it was before. I mean, I think, I think, I think music in general is like in a weird spot. I think there's so much you can't be original anymore, which we never claimed to be original. But I don't know. I feel like there's just something random all the time social media has made you be able to just be like an EDM artist no matter what mm-hmm. and I'm not trying to bash on those people <laughs> but you don't have to do anything that much anymore everyone has an, an, a basement studio right everyone is capable of of making their own beats and making their own music and I think that's making music really hard to identify yourself because Everyone is capable of doing it now, so Very it's, true. it's tough. It's it's like a free for all. Yeah, really. And I mean, like you said, we'll see how that free for all actually. Am I even that's such a weird word for me to say for some reason? Free for free all. for all. Free for all. Yes, that. Where are you? Where are you from? Uh, I'm an Air Force brat, so I've lived everywhere. Okay, weird. Because yeah. free for all is easy, but like, there's this word that my girlfriend says. Uh, uh, both, 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 both. The word both. Yeah, both. You either say it like like b o l t h, like that's how I say it, or both b o t h. Yeah, I can't say it the right way. Huh. All right. <laughs> both. How we say? Yeah. Oh, so oh, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> I understand. It's like there's certain words you just can't say right, right? So I'll say Weird. free for all. Free for all. There we go. Free for all. Yeah. Yeah. There might be that in 2019 when we see what happens with there being no official warp tour i'm gonna say it's gonna be nuts it's absolutely gonna be nuts i'm hoping for there's it. gonna be <laughs> i just don't know what i just don't know what the music industry looks like without warp tour like right. and i'm not in, in a good way and a bad way like in, <laughs> in both ways it's just weird like it'll be very interesting to see so i totally agree all right dawson we made it through a ton of topics tonight <laughs> We made it through a ton of technical difficulties, but I think we've come yeah, to the end. <laughs> I, hey, it's fine. <laughs> Shit happens all the time. But I say we made it through episode two, and we're going to prepare for episode three. And I think people are really going awesome. to continue to enjoy hearing you talk about all this stuff. So once again, just like last time, I'll have links in the description of the episode so everyone can pick up places, so everyone can pick up anything that you're doing, as well as keeping up with the tour that unfortunately is not coming to Boston, like I thought it was. And yeah, that's weird. <laughs> but at least other people will be able to see you live. They'll be able to get all your music, merch, whatever it happens to be. But for right now, what's the best way for people to support you? I would just say, like, um, let's do our, do our uh, new music video and then uh, just keep checking out the new commentaries that we have for each song. Uh, and, and, of course... I'm going to be doing another an episode here with Ian um, going through each each song as well. So stay tuned for that, and you'll get to hear some more stuff about our band and the, and the things that went into making this album. Absolutely. Now, that sounds awesome. 
I am looking forward to it. So Dawson, once again, I really love these conversations. We get to talk about completely crazy shit and talk about music, and I love it. So thank you so much. Cool. Thanks so, man. Or thank thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had Ian in my head. Thank you so much, Ian, for having me. That's fun. Every time, man. No worries. Awesome. Thank you so much. And now I am back. That last track you heard was Off the Cuff, once again from Places, which came out in 2017 through Solid State Records. I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did, even though we were wrong about everything in Star Wars. I also have an announcement to make that is definitely not the last time you'll hear Dawson Schultz talk to me, because surprise, part three. The Reckoning 
is coming very soon. In that episode, we go track by track through places. Obviously, I love that album a lot, and I hope you do as well. Remember, I will have links in the description of the episode so you can find everything Dawson and the ongoing concept and support them in everything they do. Also, to support Ian Hates, you can follow the other links in the description of the episode. If you want to continue to hear great people like Dawson and Ian Hates music, movies, and a brand new show coming very soon, that's how you do it. Big thanks once again to Dawson for coming back on the show. Like I said, you'll hear from him again very soon. And now to end this episode right, I'm going to leave you with another great song from Places. This is called Omi. And I will leave you the way I always do, long days and pleasant nights. Thanks, everyone. Kill me, kill me, kill me, you know you wanna do it, yeah!